0: Well good morning church. Good to see you. It's a new year. We're expecting new things not so much because of what we're doing but because of what God is doing. Jesus said my father is always at work and I too am working to this very day and we've seen this in our experience as a church. You know when I first became a pastor here at Life in the Sun someone asked me, so what's your plan in the first year? And I said, you know what, no major changes, I'm just going to develop relationships. And the person who asked that question thought, you know, that's a pretty good idea. But then shortly after that conversation, our regional leaders came to us and they said, would you consider moving to this building? So much for keeping it low key in the first 12 months. In one sense, it was exciting. But in another sense, it was hard because we had so many special memories at our old place. For many of us, that's where it all started with God. Many of you met your spouse at our old location. Uh, You got married there. You had kids who were dedicated there, got baptized, grew, and developed our love relationship with God. You know, it's not that moving here was bad. It's just that life, life in the sun was really good at our old place. About a year after we moved here, I went up on the roof of my house one night just to spend time with God, to look at the stars. And I asked the Lord, God, how am I doing? How are we doing as a church? Interestingly, the Lord didn't answer my question. He said, change is about to happen. That's it change is about to happen and at first I was a bit alarmed because I didn't know what to expect but then I just kinda settled in and I began to wait and within a year circumstances changed Uh, we went from two churches using this building and sharing the rent to being the only ones here and having to renegotiate with our landlord and at first we couldn't afford the rent and so we had to move out the hard part And oh the hard part is we only had a month to do it and even harder is I didn't know where we were going so imagine preparing to make an announcement to all of our people hey this is our last month we're moving out but I don't know where we're going that was the situation but that Sunday worship began my cell phone rings I pull it out it's the landlord I answer the call He says, I'd like to reconsider. He said, can we meet this afternoon? And so I walk up on stage and I share with everybody what happened, remember that? I asked all of us to get on our knees and to pray and to ask for God's favor, and God did exactly that. That has been an amazing journey. It was faith stretching to trust God through all the twists and turns. And looking back, it's interesting. I had a lot of peace during that time. Not that it was easy. Uh, The leaders and the volunteers, we all worked really hard through the transitions. But in the middle of it all, I had peace because there were moments when the Lord allowed me to sense his presence and he would tell me things like, change is coming. Today's message is about the presence of God and how we can have peace when you don't feel like you're in control. We can have peace when you don't know what will happen next. When your expectations are out the window, you can still have peace. All of us know what it's like to feel troubled. Take a moment to recall the biggest rock in your life, a huge boulder that if God doesn't do something, it's not going anywhere. What is that for you? Is it something about your children? Is it the president? Is it the election? Is it about work, your marriage? What is it? Do you know what it is? Whatever it is, God has a message for you today. Let's pray. Lord, you know what's on our heart. You know what the big rock is. And yet, Lord, you said that if we have faith, we can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea. Lord, you said that faith comes from hearing your word. And I ask that you would use your word to build our faith. And by faith in you, the living word, by faith in your love and your power, the stone will be rolled away. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Open your Bibles or your devices to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. In the passage that we're going to look at, God is speaking to Gideon. Now Gideon is an Israelite. And uh, They were going through some things. I know this doesn't happen to any of us, but the Israelites had difficulty in obeying God. And as a result, they had consequences. That's just how it is in life. We're totally free to make our choices, any choices, totally free. But we are not free to choose the consequences. And it's usually the consequences that wake us up and bring us back to God. And if you observe the history of Israel, you can see that there is a pattern. And the pattern looks like this. First of all, there's sin. There's some kind of compromise that we make. And that leads to another compromise, which leads to another. And whatever this is that we give ourselves to, it begins to surround us and begins to control us. And that's the slavery. And then after we're in that for a long time, there's a point where we go, you know what? I don't want this anymore and we call out to God. That's supplication, the S word for prayer. And so we call out to God and then God saves us and he delivers us. This cycle still happens with people today. One day I was having a conversation with someone who admitted, who admitted selling drugs for a living. Years ago he had become a Christian and he had this season of experiencing God, but then one day He made a compromise, which led to another compromise, which led to another and another. And before you know it, he was now in this lifestyle where he was selling drugs for a living, and this thing that he had given himself to was now controlling him. And when we were talking, when I met him, he was at the place where, you know what? I don't want this anymore. And he was seeking God and calling out to God to bring him out of that and to save him, to deliver him from this lifestyle that had developed This is the cycle of sin, slavery, supplication, and salvation. The slavery, the addiction, can be anything. It could be drugs, food, sex, work, success, shopping, seeking approval, cars, sports. Just go ahead and fill in the blank, whatever it is. In this book of Judges, this cycle happened six times for the nation of Israel. In one of their cycles, the consequences lasted seven years. Seven years. And the consequences were bad. For seven years, the Midianites came looking for food, and they stole whatever they wanted. Imagine what that was like. In order to feel what happened in Israel at that time, imagine something like that here on Guam. Imagine there's no justice, there's no police, there's no 911, in fact, there's no government. Every family is on its own. It's jungle rules. And so, in our modern day scenario, the bullies from down south, they come to your house. I apologize if you're from Agate. (laughs) And so, last year, the bullies from Agate, they come to your house, and your dad fights them at the door. But he gets hurt. Bad. Now he has a hard time seeing out of one eye. He has a permanent back injury. And now, whenever the bullies from Agate come, we learn just to run and hide. And Israel went through seven years of this. After seven years of physical abuse and stealing, Israel had learned to hide. And there's a young man, his name is Gideon, who harvested some wheat and he's hiding. And he's removing the husks from the kernels of wheat. And while he's doing this, God the Son appears to him in the form of a person. At first, Gideon doesn't know that it's God. But then something miraculous happens. The man tells Gideon that God is with him. Gideon doesn't know it. He meant that literally. God is with you here now. And tells him to fight the Midianites. And Gideon says, Me? Who am I to fight the boys from Agate?" Later, Gideon offers a meal to what he thinks is a person. And the man pl- the man says, place the meat on a rock and take the soup from, the, from this whole pot and pour it over the rock and pour it over the meat. And then this person takes the tip of his staff and he touches the meat and fire flows up from the rock and consumes all the liquid in the meat. And all of a sudden, Gideon is jolted to another reality when he realizes this is not a person. This is where we pick up the dialogue in verse 23 of Judges chapter 6. The Lord says, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And the Lord is speaking to very real fears for Gideon. And one of these fears is in the present. The other three are in the future. And the present fear is God himself. You know, I help people all the time experience the presence of God. And most of the time, the presence of God brings comfort, it brings peace, it brings healing. But if God does something supernatural and you're not expecting it, it can scare you. You know, when I was just a brand new Christian, just first started going to church. You know, I wasn't walking with God very well in those days and uh, worship was playing and I was crying and the pastor came up to pray for me and he said, what's wrong? And I said, well, I I feel like I've been quenching the Holy Spirit and I'm just kind of choked up inside. You can see the tears running down my face because I feel like I've been grieving the Holy Spirit. And he says, can I pray for you? I said, yeah, okay, sure. So he just took his hands and he just placed his hands on my neck like this and he began to pray in the Spirit. Now at the moment, I didn't know it, but I had all this tension in my neck. And the best way I can describe it, it felt like the muscles, the 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 tendons in my neck were wound up like, remember when we were kids, they had those little balsa wood airplanes and they had a rubber band and a propeller, a little red propeller and you would wind it up and then you would let it go and the rubber band would unwind and spin the propeller and the plane would fly. It was like all the muscles in my neck were wound up like a rubber band. You know, when you wind it up enough, it begins to kind of ball up and curl up and it gets all twisted. And so when he began to pray for me, all of a sudden, I felt like somebody had let go of the propeller on the rubber bands and instantly everything just became relaxed inside my neck. And the moment that happened, he was praying for me, the moment that happened, I kind of went went like this. And, And he looked up like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm okay. I share that story with you as an example that when God does something other than the normal and you're not ready for it, it can, it can spook you. When we're scared, the Lord says, peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. And for Gideon, the other fears would come in the future. He doesn't know what they are yet, but God speaks to him now to encourage him, to give him courage for the future, and one of the assignments that God gives to Gideon is to be countercultural. So countercultural in this situation was the people of Israel, the reason they were going through consequences is because they had begun to adopt the other spiritual practices of the people groups around them, which included demon worship. And so they had built altars to Baal. They had something called Asherah poles, And the Lord told Gideon, I want you to go down and tear down your father's altar to Baal. And I want you to tear down his Asherah pole. So talk about countercultural. We're not just talking about, you know, on Twitter or on YouTube. I'm going to say something controversial. This is like in his own house. He's telling, I want you to do this to your dad's altar and his Asherah pole. And so Gideon, he gets 10 of his servants and he goes at night because he's afraid of what might happen. And later the next morning, some townspeople see what happened. Oh, and the Lord told them, not only do I want you to tear it down, I want you to build an altar to worship me. And so he does. The townspeople, they do a little investigating. They find out it's Gideon. They go to his house, and there's a crowd. And they're like, we want Gideon! And his dad steps out to the door. Keep in mind, Gideon did this to his dad's altar. He said, what do you want with my son? He tore down the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole. We want him. He goes, what are you standing up for Baal for? He goes, if Baal is something, let Baal stand up for himself. Anybody who wants my son, you'll be dead by tomorrow. And those are some strong words. Imagine that, though. Gideon obeyed God, became countercultural in his own house. His dad ended up standing up for him. That was amazing. And then the next assignment that God gives to Gideon, he goes, I want you to fight the Midianites. And Gideon's like, me? Me? (laughs) you want me to fight the whole village of (laughs) Agat? And the interesting thing is the way the Lord tells him to do it. You know, normally you would get all your people, right? So all your people in those days was 30,000 soldiers in the nation of Israel. And God says, no, 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 too many. He goes, you win that war, you guys will think you did it in your own strength and effort. You won't realize it was me. And so God says, I want you to tell everybody who's scared, go home. If you don't want to do this fight, you don't have to. And immediately, two-thirds of the army leave. 20,000 people just up and walk away. So now there's 10,000 left. And the Lord says to Gideon, no, it's still too big. I want you to have a test. And uh, those who pass the test, they can stay. Those who don't, they got to go. So there's this test. And uh, only 300 pass the test. He tells the rest of them, go home. They leave all their armor, their equipment, 300 guys. Lord gives them some special instructions about how to surround the camp of the Midianites. And so Gideon obeys the Lord's instructions. At the moment, they give the signal. They blow some horns. They crash some pots. They light up some torches. And for whatever reason, the enemy just goes into chaos. And they end up fighting themselves, and they all kill each other. And 300 men with Gideon, they never even have to enter into the fight. They're just surrounding the the camp, watching them do this to themselves. It was an amazing victory as Gideon learned to trust God, as God gave him these assignments beyond anything he would ever imagine. And yet because God was with him and God spoke to him, he had peace. The Lord is speaking to very real fears, and it's not just about Gideon. We also have fears. All the media about COVID-19 has just taken the fear of sickness and death off the charts. A few minutes ago, I asked you to recall the biggest rock in your life. What is that tremendous obstacle that unless God does something, it's not going away? And let's bring that to the forefront. And as you consider your impossible situation, the story of Gideon reminds us of one thing. God is with you. And God says, do not be afraid, do not fear, you shall not die. And sometimes we don't have peace because we fear the worst and the suffering It's taking way too long. It's like Gideon and Israel. Lord, it's been seven years. How long is this going to continue? Do you ever feel like God has delayed? Do you ever get discouraged? Do you get mad? If you do, you're not alone. Mary and Martha felt that way. One day, their brother Lazarus, he's super sick. In fact, they think he's on his deathbed. They send Jesus a WhatsApp message Dear Jesus, it's really bad, and we need you now. And then, bingo, great. I see the double check marks. He read the message. But then he doesn't show up for two days, and Lazarus dies. Can you imagine what Mary and Martha are feeling? By the time he shows up, they're mad. They're like, Jesus, if you had shown up sooner, this wouldn't have happened. That's how they felt. Little did they know, Jesus was about to blow up social media and the video on Lazarus would go viral. And sometimes we think he's late, but God actually has a better plan. Imagine what Daniel felt when he was thrown into the lions' den. God, where are you? Only to discover God is with him in the lions' den. Imagine Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego about to be thrown into the fiery furnace and they're like, God, where are you? Only to open their eyes and go, "Oh, you're right here with us in the fire. This is amazing." How about the disciples? After Jesus is crucified, and he's dead, and they bury him, and it's been three days, they're depressed, they're discouraged, they're defeated. They're thinking, man, we had so much hope, but it's all over. It's all over. But was it over? Everything they perceived said it was, but it wasn't. It's just another reminder, don't live by what you see, but live by what God says. The Lord says, peace be to you, do not fear, do not be afraid, you shall not die. The presence of God and the peace of God calms the turmoil and enables us to obey him with courage, even in fearful and upsetting situations. It's true, but it's easier said than done. Allow me to address a common challenge we all face. You ever wonder why God delays? For example, why did God wait to bring Israel into the promised land? Why did he wait until they became slaves before he brought them in? He could have done it sooner. Let's just skip that part of this process. Let's just fast forward and go to the promised land. Lord, why not? Did you ever wonder? So one day... Moses, he's on the backside of the desert after 40 years and God appears to him in a burning bush and God says, I have heard the cry of my people. You know, it's interesting, but sometimes it has to get so bad before we cry out to God. Man, there have been some things in my life, I just thought they were normal. You know, when you grow up with it, you don't know any different, you don't have any other reference point, you just think that's the way life is. And sometimes you have to endure it so long and it has to get so bad before I just, I cry out to God and I go, God, why is this happening to me? But the moment you groan from the innermost part of your being, all of a sudden, boom, God hears and God responds. You know, one of my favorite stories, like this one, is Jonah. Jonah. Jonah's supposed to go preach the gospel to the Ninevites, but he is prejudiced. He doesn't like them. And so he goes the other way. We know the story. He ends up in the belly of a whale. Imagine being in the belly of a whale. Imagine the stench. Imagine the stomach acids that are all over you, slimy, and your skin is getting itchy, and now it's beginning to burn. And it's pitch black. You can't even see the fingers in front of your face, and you can barely breathe. And the Bible says Jonah is in the belly of a whale And after three days, he prays. I'm like, Jonah, are you kidding me? Three days? It took you three days in the belly of a whale before you prayed? Man, that's some kind of stubborn. You know, sometimes we're too strong to rely on God. It has to get so bad before we cry out to God. But the moment we cry out, the moment we truly want change, God is already there with a solution. And so the moment, <laughs> the moment Jonah prays, what happens? The whale throws up. And guess where he throws up? Jonah pops out. He's like, whoa, where am I? It took me three days to get here by whale. And somebody says, uh, you're in the city of Nineveh. He's like, oh man, (laughs) okay God, I get it, let's do this. Sometimes we're too strong to rely on God. The point is this, don't let the kingdom of self delay you from experiencing the kingdom of God. Don't let relying on your own understanding delay you from experiencing the understanding of God. Don't let relying on your strength delay you from experiencing God's strength. Rely on God. Cry out to God. Cry out to him in your heart. Invite him into your situation, into the pain, the painful situation. And then watch and listen and wait and see how God shows himself to you. Listen and watch to see what he does. His presence changes you. His presence brings peace, brings healing and comfort. And When you have an encounter with God, turn on the recording device. Technology is amazing. I love that we have it. Turn on the recording device and go ahead and record everything that happened in as much detail as possible. God never changes the past. He's the God of truth, but... He can change your perspective about the past. Your testimony, your story, will encourage and bring comfort and peace and rest. A young man named Gideon, he experienced it during the battles of his day, and you can too. We all need peace. I want to encourage you to go to the source go to the Prince of Peace. And this week, we have an ideal opportunity to be able to do that from Monday through Friday. Starting tomorrow night, we'll be here from 7 p.m. until 8.30. In fact, Every Nation Churches all over the globe are gathering this week to pray and fast. And I invite you to join us for just one reason, to seek the presence of God and then watch and listen and see what God will do. Sound good? Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you still speak. Thank you that you encourage and comfort, Lord, and and give a sense of assurance in all the unknowns, in all of our insecurities, Lord, you come and you say, I'll be with you. It's okay. I'll be with you. Trust me. And so, God, I thank you for this word through the Bible. And I pray that you would encourage each one of us in our own circumstance. Lord, whatever that rock is, that huge obstacle, that unless you're present, um, we're stuck. But with your presence, nothing is too difficult for you. And so Lord, we bring to you our circumstance, our lives, and we invite you into the circumstance, into our lives. We invite you to give knowledge and understanding, to speak, to give a word, to show us a way, to guide. Lord, to empower and enable us to be able to follow you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.